be a three-man rush again. And that's intercepted at the 40-yard line. That is Janoris Jenkins, and he will get into the end zone for a giant touchdown. Listening to the Full Ten Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Welcome you in. Thanks for joining us. This is podcast 11 of the full 10 yards. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're well. Happy waiver day, everybody. Hope you got who you wanted on the waivers. Hope you didn't bid overbid too much and spent all your money on Orleans Darkwa. Welcome. What, what show we've got for you today? Obviously, we're going to be looking back at week six and we're going to be looking forward to Thursday night football and we're going to be looking at the studs and duds of the week. We're previewing uh, uh, previewing Thursday Night Football. Um, we've got a nice little two-minute duel for you today. Uh, we're going to play a little game, uh, so it should be, should be quite fun. So if you want to get in touch with the show, feel on Twitter at Full10Yards. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud, Full10Yards. And if you want to get in touch with the mailbag or any other questions or comments, Full10Yards at gmail.com. So once again, thank you for listening. So let's get on with the show. Let's start with the news. So, uh, again, Ezekiel Elliott is in the news. Obviously, he now has been granted a 14-day injunction, which clears him to play for the next two weeks. So, he'll be playing uh, this Sunday uh, in San Francisco. Obviously, that boosts the Cowboys for the next two games. Obviously, they need him with the position they're in in the NFC East. But it's hard to know where, where it goes on from that. So, yeah, if you're an Ezekiel Elliott owner now, if you want to get rid of him now and you're worried that he's not going to finish or be there from... For, for the playoffs, your fantasy playoffs, he, now is the time to trade him because you potentially could could persuade the the buyers that you know he's going to be there for the end of this till the end of the season. I, th- I still think he will do. Um, maybe you know target the Alfred Morris slash Darren McFadden owners uh, to trade him on. So uh, yeah, like I say, Ezekiel is back for this week against San Francisco. Aaron Rodgers, biggest injury news of last weekend. Aaron Rodgers went down with a broken collarbone. Um, obviously, it's I mean the the injuries this season. You can have you can have an all star team. You've got Aaron Rodgers quarterback. You've got obviously Dalvin Cook, Greg Olson tight end, and you've got OBJ, and you've got some defensive players and JJ Watt obviously as well. And the amount the amount of players and high profile players that have gone down is, is just been ridiculous this year. Uh, it's been quite funny from a fantasy perspective as well because you know you think you're dead and buried one one or two weeks and then a couple of players go down from other teams and then you seem to be in in okay shape. So don't just shows you there if you you know if you are one and five or two and four don't don't freak out because things can change quite quickly. So certainly in one of my leagues I, I drafted really badly and and now I have have one of the better teams in the league through you know obviously through trading and through waivers and that. But it just shows you how how quickly things move along. Some other injuries, injury news, James Winston, his thrown shoulder, sprained his thrown shoulder, but isn't expected to miss too much time. I think he, he missed practice this week uh, on, on Wednesday. Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously came in during the Arizona game. I think they, obviously they were way down in that game anyway, but Fitzpatrick had a nice game and he always finds a way on the field. 
another big one in Denver, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the extent of these, the injury yet. I think the x-ray came back okay, but I think that he was going for an MRI either uh, today and we'd, uh, or yesterday, and we just went for the results of that. So, yeah, it's more another week in the NFL, another week of injuries. So, you know, not really many good good stories to, to come out from week six, to be quite honest. Uh, one one quarterback change that was enforced from the coaching side, CJ Bethard for the 49ers came in for obviously Brian Hoyer, who stunk a bit at the start of the game versus the Redskins. And I can I can understand why they brought Bethard in. You know, Brian Hoyer is only on a one year contract, so he's he's gone at the end of the season anyway. So, you know, why why not string you, uh, fling your rookie out there and see? You know, is he going to be your your next franchise quarterback? He actually looked okay. He looked quite quite serviceable. Uh, obviously, you know, Garson owners out there are, are going to be a bit worried but we can we'll come to that uh, in when we when we preview week six so with that in mind let's actually start week six preview so let's start all the way back on thursday night football philadelphia squeezing a win in carolina zach Ertz has two uh, scored two goals with the assists by carson wentz and the reason I say it's two goals because let's let's face it, this is a British podcast on the NFL, so let's Brit, let's make it a bit more British, eh? So we're gonna we're gonna call TDs and touchdowns goals, and if it's a passing TD, we're gonna give the assist to the quarterback as you would in a Premier League fantasy fantasy game. So get used to it because it's gonna happen, and we're gonna keep pushing it until everyone understands that that is actually a goal and not a touchdown because we are in uh, we are in Great Britain. Anyway, moving on. I think Carolina obviously just gave this this game away a little bit. Some some brutal inceptions by Cam Newton. Obviously not all his fault, but yeah, I mean he saved it. He saved he saved his fantasy game, but uh, you know had a rushing touchdown and, and a touchdown through the air as well. But you know uh, Philadelphia obviously looked competent again. Um, Nelson Aguilar with another another goal. Uh, he had a good game as well. Uh, he's had a had a bit a goal in the last couple of games. One thing I found fascinating from this game was the the run statistics for the Carolina Panthers. I think Jonathan Stewart had eight rushes for minus four yards, which is, is quite frankly ridiculous. Um, Christian McCaffrey scored a goal and had ten, ten receptions on fifty six yards. Kevin Benjamin had a nice game, nine receptions, ninety nine yards. Devin Funchess was the one that struggled, uh, so it's a bit worrying. Yeah, to to yeah, last week or the week before, everyone was saying for how Funchess has stepped up, so. Just a, obviously a bit of reality check there for Funchess. Uh, it be interesting to see how, how that goes goes forward. Um, Philadelphia wide receivers, apart from Aguilar, not really much happened in all of those. Obviously, Zach Ertz got those two goals, but he, he didn't he didn't have a, a great deal of a yardage, and his, his touchdowns were, were short yardage ones. I think one was from the one-yard line. I think one of the other one was within the red zone as well. So, But obviously, for your fantasy scores, obviously, tight end, all you need is a, t- a touchdown or a goal. So, yeah. To, to be to be serviceable so so yeah obviously Philly moving to five and one Philly play uh, Washington Redskins on Monday Night Football next next week uh, Carolina dropped to four and two moving on to the Sunday games Miami at Atlanta now I told you last week's podcast you know I had a funny feeling about this game and uh, I, I actually don't really don't know how Atlanta lost this game seventeen nil up and then they decide to run the ball eight times in in the second half and Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman had nine carries each in this game, and they've run, they've run Devonta Freeman twice in the second half. And it just just boggles my mind that a team that's 17-0 up in in the game going into the third quarter, and it, it just makes shows you how much of a difference a head coach and a, you know the mindset of the head coach 
affects teams because Carl Shanahan, obviously last year with the Falcons, wouldn't have wouldn't have let any of this kind of stuff happen. So I'm not I'm not too I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Um, JJ had a nice game, 26 rushes, uh, 130 yards, but wasn't able to score a goal. Uh, Landry was the guy that got the goal for. Miami, Matt Ryan had one touchdown pass, one pick. Uh, that was uh, awful, awful in the second half, Atlanta. Um, I mean, Atlanta, just, just a funny old team, Atlanta. And the NFC South's all, all, all quite bunched up there now. So, and funnily enough, some, somehow these to both both of these teams are three and two. So, yeah, it just shows you that you don't have to be any good to, to get three wins, to be quite honest. I, I really don't know how Miami three and two, to be quite honest, so. Moving on, Chicago at Baltimore. Uh, funny game this one as well. Um, you know, Baltimore were awful, and Chicago with an, another win. Again, somehow I'm not quite sure. Uh, Tariq Cohen uh, with the assist to a Dion, for a Dion Sims goal. With it. That, was, that was a quite nice little play there. Howard had 36 rushing attempts, uh, 167 yards, and it just shows you what this, this kind of offense is going to be. It's just going to be a plow, run, run the rock through. Through the uh, through the defense there, um, Matt Trubisky had eight completed passes of 16 attempts, 133 yards and one touchdown. Yeah, just, he's looks quite limited in the in the early early scenes we've had we've had of, of of him. So, but you know, he'll, he'll take a couple of weeks to get acclimatized to the NFL and, and you know, growing confidence and trust. Get you know, the more first team reps he gets, and the more trust he has in his wide receivers. Not that they're any good, but. Yeah, you can't expect he's going to pull up pull up trees with with that with that team. But as I say, Chicago had 50 rushing attempts in this game, which is 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 crazy. But when you think you think about the the team setup and John Fox, you know it doesn't doesn't surprise me. It's 50, and it's not exactly going to be an outlier of a statistic either. You know you can see going forward, Jordan Howard, who's also playing through a bit it niggles and injuries, is is just tough as nails. So moving on to Baltimore, Joe Flacco stats speak for themselves. 24 completed passes uh, from 41, 180 yards and two interceptions. I mean, he's just shocking. Uh, Alex Collins had 15 rushes for 74 yards. Uh, Javorius Allen had 10 rushes for 49 yards. So again, you can see there that they're sharing a workload. They're, they're sharing you know, snaps and it's just that 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 offense is just a mess. Obviously, you know, Jeremy Macklin last weekend with an injury. Um, had nice nice return TD from Campanero. Um, in on, on special teams there, but again, flat and Baltimore Ravens and in in general from a fantasy and a reality perspective, just leave them well alone. They're not, not even worth watching. They're boring to watch. They're just just awful. Speaking of awful, Cleveland Browns Norton six travel uh, lost in Houston, who moved now to three and three. Kevin Hogan had one assist and three interceptions. Uh, Isaiah Crowell had twelve carries, fifty eight yards. He's still getting the volume. Duke Johnson had a bit of a uh, a disappointing game com- compared to previous weeks. Five rushes for 40 yards, and I think he had negative yardage through the air as well, which is quite quite something. Uh, I think Deshaun Kaiser has obviously been brought back for next week. Has been named as a starting QB for Cleveland next week. Uh, Miles Garrett had another sack, and so it just shows obviously how much of a difference he makes on defense. But again, Houston just just blew away the Cleveland Browns, and yeah. Things with Cleveland Browns, they're not, they're only a quarterback and a decent wide receiver, a healthy wide receiver, away from from challenging. You know, because that that defense is actually quite talented. It's just that they're on the field for so so long in each game, and you know they're not they're not getting any support from the offense there. So, moving on to the uh, Houston side of things, Deshaun Watson did have a pick six uh, in this game. 
Uh, and you could call it an own goal, I suppose. We, well, I think we'll go with that going forward. Uh, 17 of 29, 225 yards and three goal, uh, three assists. Dumped, um, Lamar Miller had 15 rushes, 41 yards, uh, three receptions through the air, 40 yards as well. And Dante Forma had 12 carries, 59. So he's still getting a fair bit of usage there. Had a, it did have a one big play, the 39-yarder. So if you take that away, what that's 11 yard, 11 rushes for 30 yards. So it's not obviously the most efficient. Houston just pretty much controlled this game as you'd expect. And pretty much just cruised to 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 move to a 500 record there. So, and I say looking at Cleveland, I, I don't actually see where a win comes from the, the, this season from there because their, their schedule is actually pretty brutal. The only, the only game I can see them winning is maybe the one at, at Tennessee next week or maybe even Baltimore. Looking at how bad they are a bit later on in the season, so you know they're actually worse than the team they were last year that went one and 15. So, just just a mess that team, absolute mess. Uh, Green Bay, big uh, NFC North game here. Green Bay uh, travelled to, to Minnesota, and obviously that big Aaron Rodgers injury early in the game there kind of was the writing on the wall then when he, when he went down. It was a bit of a late hit. Yeah, it's not going to get called on flags. It wasn't overly late, but you know, the defender was entitled to make the tackle. But obviously, now, you're, now the star quarterback of the NFL is, is out for the season. I think it's a, it was a clean break, and I think the surgery is going to happen. So Brett Hundley obviously came in. Had three interceptions, obviously, but don't don't take too much notice of this game. I think he'll be okay going forward. He was pretty decent in preseason, and once he gets again, you know, once he gets a few more first team reps, uh, he has stream appeal against the Saints uh, next week. In the backfield, uh, Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery had a had a share, and I think uh, I think it's going to be like that going forward, especially now with Hunley in. You know, they're just going to try and run the ball a bit more and, and dial things a bit up differently on on, on the run game there. I think with regards to the wide receivers, Nelson Cobb, Adams, and even Martellus Bennett, I think obviously they're all going to take a step back now. You've you've got to you can't predict that they're going to be scoring as highly as they may have done in fantasy with with Rogers there. And I know even even though when when backup quarterbacks come in, the, the tight end usually is their best friend. But I don't think Martellus Bennett. I don't think you can Brett, Brett Hound is going to go to him. It's just going to be run, 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 run. To be quite honest. Um, I think all the wide receivers there are serviceable, but again, you can't really trade them now because they're not going to be worth really too much. Maybe maybe Jordy Nelson, but certainly Cobb or Devante Adams. Then not you're not going to be getting what you want back from them like you would have been doing last week. So that's just the way fantasy goes, I'm afraid. Um, on the other side of the ball, Case Keenum was 24 of 50, uh, 24 of 38, so 839 yards, one got, uh, one assist and one interception. Jared McKinnon once. Again, out Sean Latavius Murray. I think I turned a little bit, a little bit on those two because obviously I was, I was quite, I blew a bit of, a bit of, uh, put a bit of water on McKinnon last week, saying that yeah, Murray will will take this backfield a little bit once his his ankle kind of heals. But you know, with the production that that McKinnon's getting from that backfield, it just seems to be a much better player. And he even got a goal line, a goal line carry and a, and a goal. So. Uh, and I think that was after Murray tried to run it in, but was stuffed for, for a, a yard or two lost. So obviously no Stefan Diggs in this game. So Minnesota kind of got away with, away with this one a little bit and got a f- kind of free pass. Adam Thielen had nine receptions for 97 yards. I don't think Diggs practiced again either today. So be interesting to see if he's if he's good to go on Sunday. P- potentially not. You know, Gwen injuries do linger. I think Gronk obviously had one there last week, week before. So. I think with the, obviously this game, as soon as Rodgers went down, Minnesota were always going to win. So both teams moved to four and two. Obviously Minnesota have a big divisional win uh, over over Green Bay now in the in the tiebreaker. Should it should it come to that come the end of the season? Staying in NFC, 
Detroit at New Orleans. This is a very crazy game. This one, uh, New Orleans picking up the win, but they were had a had a thirty point lead, a thirty five point lead in New Orleans in this game, and Detroit got it down to to one a one score game at, at some point, and that five five to ten de- defensive goals in this game, uh, eight turnovers, which I think it's got to be some sort of a record in terms of uh, defensive goals. And uh, one of my leagues, I played against New Orleans Saints defence and I just, oh, there's 39 points they scored and it just, just broke my heart. But Detroit side of the ball, uh, Matthew Stafford attempted 52 passes in this game uh, and obviously that, that obviously means that Amir Abdullah was kind of scripted out. Marvin Jones had a beautiful TD catch. I don't know if you ever get a chance to have a look at that, but look that one up. That was one for the, uh, the highlight reel uh, for the career. Six receptions on 14 targets, 96 yards and one goal. Obviously, Matt Stafford with the assist there. Golden Tate obviously went, uh, left this game injured. Might miss a few weeks. Had uh, seven receptions on eight targets in this game. 96 yards also and one goal. Quite quite freaky how they both got the same the same stats there. Uh, New Orleans, obviously, uh, an Adrian Peter, Peterson-less New Orleans uh, meant that Mark Ingram helped himself to a 25 rushes, 114 yards on the ground and two goals. Alvin Kamara had 10 rushes for 75, so again, these two now are going to be pretty serviceable and pick players you can both start uh, each week in your in your fancy teams. Drew Brees didn't really do much uh, damage, didn't really need to, to be honest, uh, due, due to all the defensive the defensive touchdowns in this one. 21, of, 21 completed passes of 31 attempts, 186 yards, two assists and two interceptions. Ted Ginn got a goal and, of course, the... You know, no New Orleans offen- uh, Saints offense touchdowns would be complete without a totally random person. So this week it went to Himano- Himana Uanui uh, with the goal. Michael Thomas was a big big killer this week. Uh, obviously, a lot of people expected him to, to have a good game. Mark Thomas only had three receptions on 11 yards, so he was one of your duds of the week, which we'll go through a bit later. Um, so, yeah, so both teams again. Uh, so New Orleans moved to 3-2 and two in the... Quite tight New NFC South. Detroit moved to three and three, one game back from Green Bay, Minnesota. Moved on to the AEFC East. New England travelled to New York Jets. Also, I got this one quite right as well. And you know, I'm not one for blowing my own trumpet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am. But Jets went up by 14 points in this one. I said that they might have an early scare, but the, you know, the Patriots will, will come back, come back round. Um, good game this one. Bit of a bit of an interesting one to watch. That uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins second touchdown. Quite a lot of people have been been speaking about that and how and, and saying how much how much it sucked that he he didn't get a touchdown. But if you if you if you watch the play, obviously he, he fumbled, he caught the ball, went towards the goal line, and kind of the ball bobbled within his body, uh, and then went obviously went to, as he was going to ground. So I, I think the rules were applied correctly there. But you know it's such a good effort from Safarian Jenkins there, and he obviously had another touchdown before that anyway. But uh, so he was okay from a fantasy perspective, but. Sometimes you just want to see players were rewarded for for plays like that that they make. Obviously, he was you know I think he had one or two people on him as well, and just did really well to even keep hold of the ball. And so it was just un, just unlucky that uh, he couldn't get his second goal of the game. Uh, Dion Lewis had another nice game in this one. Obviously, Gillis Lee got benched after he fumbled, um, and say so he came back in the second half a little bit. But I really thought that was a game that Gillis Lee could have. In my preview, I said he he could have a good a nice game there, but obviously when you're going to fumble, Belichick's not one that will, that will forgive that too easily. Uh, Gronkowski had, got two goals, said that was a nice spot for him. Um, so hopefully you got you got on that as well and had a bit, little bit on that, as as we said in our electing to pump last week. 
Uh, New York Jets, just to touch on those shortly. Um, Josh McCall had a nice game, but that was quite predicted as obviously you know, New England defence sucks. Uh, just, uh, Austin Severian Jenkins had eight targets, so did Matt Forte. Uh, the ball got spread ground quite a lot. All the wide receivers had a, had a few targets as well. But I think as, as much as it, you, know, you might be surprised to hear this, but I think there's just too many players there that are, are getting pieces of the pie, and it's not a very nice pie either. You know, in the backfield there, you've got Maguire, Forte, and obviously Bilal Powell. Didn't play this this game, but there's too, there's too many people crowding the pie there, and it's not a pie that I particularly want to eat either. So again, I, I think if you can if you can try and maybe trade Forte because he had a, he had a fairly decent game, I suppose coming back from injury. But Maguire, I think he's pretty much droppable now. Um, but it would would surprise me if the Jets kind of think, okay, look, he's he's going to be our running back for the future because Bilal Powell and obviously Forte are getting on a bit. So, but I, I, you can't start them with any confidence in in that offense. So. Moving on to San Francisco at Washington. Like I said in the top of the show, uh, CJ Bethard came in for Brian Hoyer, did okay. And like I say, it makes sense that he's he's been brought in to see if he's if he's their franchise quarterback going forward or if they need to go and get Kirk Cousins next year when he runs out of a contract in Washington. One thing I did take from this game, Carlos Hyde is obviously the back here. You know, obviously there's talk about Matt Breeder and Again, it might be a bit of a hot hand, but Carlos Hyde got two carries on the goal line there and pretty much just walked in, to be honest. So had 13 rushes for 28 yards, which obviously isn't the greatest, but had obviously had those, those two goals. Pierre Gosson, I think, will still get his targets with, with Bethard. Um, yeah, there's not really a lot else to go there. Maybe maybe Kittle at tight end is, is something that, that Bethard may lean on. From the... You know, San Francisco ran when Washington quite close here, and they... they Nearly got into field goal range to 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 get it in the death there, but uh, Kirk Cousins, 25-37, yards, two assists and one interception. Chris Thompson had another great game, had four receptions for 105 yards, 16 rushes for 33. So be interesting to see what actually happens when when Rob Kelly, I think, should be back next week. Um, yeah, I think Chris Thompson will revert to your third down back there and Rob, Rob Kelly I think will take the first and second downs and your goal line carries there so I've got Rob Kelly in a few leagues so hopefully that turns out how how I hope it will uh, Vernon Davis again putting more people on, on skates he's getting it done the evergreen Vernon Davis really is a, a good tight end to have on your rosters and it, not not just if you have Jordan Reed um, but he, he's, he's running back the ears a little bit interesting thing from this game is you know Washington was so close to, to losing this game, but they actually had the ball for 37 minutes in this game, which was, was quite quite surprising, considering whenever I, I saw highlights of this game, it was always San Francisco with the ball. So that was that was quite a surprising statistic to me. Moving on to the later games, Tampa Bay at Arizona. This one got a bit wild as well. And Adrian Peterson, I mean, give this man his credit where it's due. You know, there's not there's nothing more dangerous than, than a player that's, that's feeding off criticism and is, is hungry to prove people wrong. Uh, you know, Adrian Peterson turned up last week, looked like the Adrian Peterson of 2012. Had 26 rushes, 134 yards, and two scored two goals. Larry Fitz had 10 receptions, 138 yards, and one goal. Uh, obviously, the assist from Carson Palmer. John Brown also scored as well. But, you know, you combine the ages of all, of all these players, Adrian Peterson, Larry Fitzgerald, Carson Palmer, I think you're getting well, nearly to 100, to be quite honest. And the, old, the oldies are uh, getting it done. 31, I think 31 to nothing. Arizona were up in this game and obviously Jameis Winston was injured Fitzpatrick came in had a, had a decent bit of success didn't um, didn't obviously have the horror show that he did in, in, in New Jersey but 22 of 32 290 yards 3 assists and 2 interceptions 
I think Doug Martin had a solid game, although you know the game script didn't really help. But he had 40, 14 rushes for fifty three yards and one goal. And Mike, Mike Evans, Cameron Brake also had goals as well. Cameron Brake scoring for the fourth game in in succession. Um, another another little bit of a note: Charlie, uh, Charles Sims got a bit involved in this game as well, but that might be just game script. Obviously, being thirty one nil down, yeah, you're going to get your pass catching running backs into the game, and obviously Doug Mines not as much as a, a pass catching back as as Charles Sims was. So just might be something to, to keep an eye on. Obviously, Charles Sims is going to be a guy that's on your waivers. So with with the trash that is left on waivers, he's he maybe one worth picking up considering all the injuries to the running back position this year. Another interesting game, this one, uh, LA Rams at Jacksonville. LA Rams coming into Jacksonville here and taking the win home. This was an absolute run fest. Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette both uh, had over 100 rush yards. Uh, Jared Goff struggled in this game, but again, like we say, Jacksonville have a, a pretty decent defence there for, from a pass perspective. So only had 107 yards passing. That, that was kind of to be expected. On the ground game, Todd Gurley, 23 rushes, 116 yards. Didn't get, obviously find the end zone, but... Leonard Fournette found the end zone again, 75-yard touchdown goal, 21 rushes for 130 yards. Did get slightly banged up on the on his ankle there, and his foot, and obviously his foot injuries going with obviously in the past. It's just something to be a bit wary of. Uh, it's actually quite ironic uh, the, the the Jags lost this game because Brett Bort was actually had a decent game. Uh, so I think I think obviously Jackson, if you're a Jacksonville fan, you'd, you'd want Bortles to suck and Leonard Fournette just to to run the show there. Chris Ivory had a nice big touchdown in the passing game. Uh, nice goal there for him. He might be worth a stash if you're a Leonard Fournette owner, or you might want to beat the Leonard Fournette owner to the punch. Moving to Sunday Night Football. Uh, Pittsburgh, was it Sunday Night Football? No, it wasn't, was it? No, we'll come to that atrocity in a minute. Pittsburgh uh, travelled to Kansas City and got the win, with exactly as we predicted on this podcast last week. Uh, told you that the yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers cl- controlled this clock and this defence of the Pittsburgh Steelers is very, very underrated. So <sighs> we said it last week, you know, if you're Pittsburgh Steelers, just give the ball to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you know, he had 32 rushes in this game, 32 rushes, 179 yards and a touchdown. And why why, why change something that's, that's not broken, you know? You obviously you've got Brown, Bryant and, and all the rest of the guys that are talented on offence there. But sometimes just, just let Le'Veon Bell run the ball. Antonio Brown still had a nice game though. Eight receptions, 155 yards and one goal. Uh, Brian, Matovius Brian, I think yeah, something's really up there. I think you can you can bench him for the rest of the season. I wouldn't drop him just in case. You know, there was things coming out saying that he wants to be traded and he's not happy and all the players know he's not happy. But, you know, the player, a player in his position, he has no right to, to be forcing people's hands. He's not, you know, he's not really proved it this year and he's had his troubles off the field with, with the suspension, etc. And, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, is is a is a valuable pickup this week on the waivers. Obviously, he's getting more snaps now than, than Bryant, and and you know, obviously they're bringing Eli Rogers in as well. But Smith-Schuster could could be serviceable going forward, so he might be one that's that be worth picking up. On the Kansas City side, obviously Kareem Hunt struggled again on the ground, had 89 yards through the air, but again had a I think it's the third game now where he hasn't scored a goal. So, and this was the kind of game where you you know. You wanted Alex Smith to confirm how much promise he's shown this year and didn't, didn't quite do that. And it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back on Thursday Night Football, which we'll preview shortly uh, when they travel to Oakland. But obviously Kansas City, the last undefeated team remaining, uh, finally beaten by the Steelers. Steelers moving to 4-2, and two, I think top of that division as well. So but that was a big, big win for them uh, in the conference there. LA Chargers at Oakland. Both teams moved to 2-4 and four after this game. Chargers get a win. 
Uh, Philip Rivers had a nice game, uh, as to be expected. Only, only one assist, though, 268 yards. Melvin Gordon did what he did like last week. Had went total beat was the beast mode in this game. 25 rush attempts, 83 yards, one goal, and through the air had nine receptions, 121 yards. Oh no, sorry, he had 12 targets. Yeah, 12 targets, nine receptions, 67 yards, and one goal. So, yeah, that kind of volume is not to be sniffed out of fantasy as well. But he's just Rivers is just letting them run the show. And I think it's quite sensible of the of the the coaching staff there just to you know don't always put it on Rivers. Just let you know you've got Melvin Gordon there who seems to be healthy now. Doesn't have that knee injury that he had dogging him for the first couple of couple of weeks of the season. Hunter Henry had uh, five receptions, 90 yards, and I think everyone else was just was a bit quiet. Uh, I, I think that yes, there's going to be games here where they're just going to hand it off to Gordon because they can. And Oakland. Oakland are pretty poor, so they they yeah you know, they can do that. Derek Carr obviously played in this game, but he wasn't very great. He had 21 completed passes or 30 attempts, and he had only had 171 yards, so he wasn't throwing. He's not a very great. He's not been very good down down deep downfield this season. So obviously that doesn't that doesn't help when you've only got people. You've only got Michael Crabtree on the team catching the ball, and uh, you know Mara Cooper had five receptions for 28 yards in this game, but again, 28 yards on five receptions. That's that's not great. Marshall Lynch, just to note for the running game, 13 rushes for 63 yards. Not the greatest game for the Oakland offense. The offense and defense there are are pretty awful. So, moving on to Sunday Night Football, New York Giants at Denver. I mean, this no one saw this one coming, and say so I'm now out of last man standing. And the pick, the pick six killed it really by Janoris Jenkins, which obviously we played at the start of the show there. CJ Anderson was useless. Devontae Booker got a bit of a hand there as well in, in the passing game. And obviously Jamal Charles was there and came in a bit earlier than maybe he usually does. Manuel Sanders obviously got hurt, so that didn't help. And I think everything just went wrong for Denver, to be honest. And it, yeah, everyone was obviously scripting Denver just to, to devour that New York Giants passing game. But Orleans Darkwar ran, ran, his, ran the game of his life, 117 yards on 21 rushes. So everyone's, obviously everyone's going to be rushing to get him this week on the waivers. Evan Ingram, obviously, you know Denver have been have been beaten by Totens historically in the last last year or so. So you know, five receptions, eighty two yards, and one goal for him was was pretty was pretty standard uh, and, and expected to be up to be honest. But all the rest of the wide receivers were pretty awful in that game. I think they all had one or two catches or something, but you know, they weren't they were not great. They did not look good at all. Sterling Shepard, I think, should be back this week, but they they have Seattle, and then I think they go on the bye. So I think you know. Seattle will be a, a safe pick this week for for any uh, people still in last man standing. Um, but going forward, I think from a offensive perspective, if fancy Orleans Darkwell, pick him up if you can get him cheap enough. But I, don't, I think at this point in the season, people are going to be paying 25 30 for him uh, for, on, on the budget. So Sterling Shepard should should be serviceable going forward. And obviously Evan Ingram is such a mismatch in that, in that offense. He'll, he'll get some production most weeks. But when he's the only option, it's, it's kind of difficult to... Yeah, they will, all defenses are going to zone in on him. So Denver, I mean, oh, oof, what what do we do here? I mean, I'm I'm just going to blame Brock Osweiler to be honest, because he just he's a curse. He just kills everything that he goes near. So I know he only came in for one series, but still he's on the sidelines. So uh, Trevor Simeon had two interceptions, threw the ball 50 times, and you don't want to be throwing if you're a Denver Broncos, you do not want Trevor Simeon throwing the ball 50 times. 29 completed passes, 376 yards, one touchdown. And uh, one goal, sorry, one assist and two interceptions. Demarius Thomas had a nice game. Uh, again, he, the guy I played in fantasy had the New Orleans Saints defense also had Demarius Thomas. Ten receptions for 133 yards. Needless to say, I lost that game. 
Uh, it's a Devonta Burke had a nice one through the air, three, four receptions, 78 yards, but I think it's a bit of a crowded backfield now, and CJ Anderson's been a bit up and down, and I know a lot of people are saying that he's the lead horse there, but it just worries me, obviously you've got people that, at the calibre of Jamal Charles, and obviously the passing, Devonta Burke got a bit of passing work, work there as well, so you have to be a bit worried if you're a CJ Anderson owner. New York Giants obviously picking up their first win, big win for them, and uh, Denver obviously moving now to three and two. Just a shout out to Al Michaels with that comment on uh, that Weinstein comment. <laughs> it was just, oh my god, that was uh, if that was that's just Richard Keys and Andy Gray all over again to be honest. But last night's game, uh, sorry, no Monday night's game, Indianapolis travelled to Tennessee. Big divisional win here for Tennessee. Uh, Derek Henry with a nice uh, seventy-two yard touchdown right at the end of the game. There, uh, he was um, heavily uh, involved. In the fourth quarter, uh, Ryan Suckup had a, the, the kicker there had a, a nice record of most consecutive field goals made uh, under 50 yards. Hashtag kickers matter. Uh, on the Indianapolis side, Dante Moncrief was the highest, um, had the most receptions, five for 57 yards. Uh, no, sorry, ignore that. Jack Doyle had seven receptions on 50 yards uh, and one goal. And T.Y. Hilton was a killer, just like Michael Thomas, one reception uh, for 19 yards, and there was a lot of people that would have been disappointed considering that matchup. So that's your week six, week six uh, review. So my full 10 yards start of the week was Le'Veon Bell with with that fantastic performance against Kansas City, and my full 10 yards dud of the week. I'm going to have two. I'm going to have three actually. T.Y. Hilton obviously on just in that game there. Michael Thomas and just Denver in. Denver in general because they just sucked and I will never bet on them again so that's it that's week six so let's move on to Thursday night yep so we'll just uh, let's take a look at Thursday night football it's Kansas City Chiefs at the Oakland Raiders interesting big divisional AFC West game this one I think Kareem Hunt is going to get right in this game we'll finally get a goal um, Andy Reid has traditionally been very good against uh, Oakland and Jack Del Rio. I think he's won the last five, and he's just owned Oakland. And Oakland are, are desperate. Oakland are a desperate team, so it'd be quite interesting to see how they play. Obviously, on the defensive side of the of the, of the ball, uh, Oakland signed Navarro Bowman, so it'd be interesting to see. You know, they want to get him on the field Thursday, but I'm not quite sure what he can do this week for them. Might just sort of revitalise them a little bit, but you know, desperate teams are a dangerous thing in the NFL. Just look at the New York Giants last week, so. Uh, looking, breaking this down a bit further, Oakland uh, have only got average at 278 yards per game on offense there. So that's not obviously, that's one of the worst. Kansas City, uh, I looked at, looking at the stats, are better in better than Oakland in every o- o- offensive metric. So yards per game, third down conversion percentage, uh, average time of possession, points scored. So all, all the signs obviously point to Kansas City. So it wouldn't surprise me if Oakland win this game. I was quite surprised actually Oakland are th- th- uh, three-point underdogs here. I thought it'd be probably be a bit, bit more than that, but on the defensive side for both teams, I think they're, they're pretty even stats-wise. Um, so I, I just think Kansas City's offensive, you know, better running offense is just going to kind of tell tell the day here and, and and be the difference. I think with Oakland, it's Crabtree or bust. To be honest, you know they haven't got much of a run game. Derek Carr's got some niggles and injuries, and they're they're trying to to salvage their season. Um, which I think is a bit short-sighted, really, considering the, the health of Derek Carr. But we'll see. We'll see. We're going to go for a Kansas City win. We're going to go for Kansas City 8-13, which I think is a very good price, actually, for, for your Rackers if you want to get one in early for Thursday with your Europa League coupon. <laughs> um, just don't bet on Arsenal. Uh, I'm going to go Kareem Hunt anytime at 4-5. I thought was quite 
well, it was quite generous. I can't remember the, the bookie that that was. I think it was only one bookie, but I'm sure you'll all go on odds check anyway. But uh, and the total points line for this game is over uh, under 46. Bit difficult this one because the Thursday night games aren't really that that great. So from an offense, uh, offensive perspective, but I'm gonna I think I'm gonna take the over on this one because like I say, Oakland are a bit desperate. They could come out firing, and Kansas City have the firepower to to score points against this defense as well. So. We'll look forward to that one, and now let's look forward to the two-minute drill. Okay, so I thought for this two-minute drill, where we have two minutes just to look at anything anything I pretty much like, to be honest, because it's my show. Um, we're going to look at... So I was thinking, with, with all the Zeke stuff that's going on, everyone's always asking, all I see on Twitter or, or, or the fancy advice, is that you know, is it Morris or McFadden? Is it Morris or McFadden to, to take over? So I thought we'd play a little game called Morris or McFadden. So I've got loads of questions here I'm just going to read out and, and going to decide on whether I think it would be Morris or McFadden. So let's uh, let's go. Two minutes. So best Twitter handle? Oof, uh, I think I don't even think Darren McFadden has any has Twitter. So we're going to go for Alfred Morris there. I think his Twitter handle is Fredo Source or something. So you know, he's, yeah, obviously you've got a Twitter handle like that. It's going to be better than whatever Run DMC can come up with. So uh, most likely to treat a girl the best on a first date. Uh, I would probably go with Alfred Morris there, and I've just basically gone on Google Images search, looked at their faces, and seen who's the most innocent and honest. I mean, I'm not saying either of them are, but I just think Alfred Morris will probably treat a girl the best on a first date. Most likely to own a dog. Uh, I think Darren McFadden on that one. Darren McFadden looks like a bit of a, a dog owner. Probably, um, I don't think Alfred Morris would be the kind to have pets, but then again, I don't know. So. Next question, Morris or McFadden, most likely to play Madden? Uh, I'm probably going with Alfred Morris there because he looks like a like a fun guy and he, he play, looks like he plays computer games. So I don't, I don't think Darren McFadden would ever would ever play computer games. But yeah, again, might be wrong. So uh, Morris or McFadden, most likeliest to have the flash, flashiest car? Now I think this will obviously I think be McFadden, and I base this on I, I vaguely remember uh, a story saying about how Alfred Morris still drives his 26-year-old car to, to work or to, to training. And I think he, he paid like $2 for it or something. So I think, obviously, if he's driving that around, anything, even if uh, Fred, Flint, Fred Flintstone's car is going to be better than that. So I think uh, Darren McFadden would have the flashiest car over Alfred Morris. Next one. Uh, Alfred Morris or Darren McFadden would look better in a white suit. I mean, not many people look good in a white suit, but I think we'll probably go with Alfred Morris because I think he looks like he he looks after himself is it aesthetically, and I don't think Darren McFadden really cares. But so I think Alfred Morris will probably look better in a white suit. Uh, Morris or McFadden do the best Kanye rap impression. Now I think considering everyone calls him Run DMC, I think it's, it preempts that Darren McFadden likes a bit of rap. I think so. We'll, we'll go with Darren McFadden on that one. Couple more to go. McF uh, Morris or McFadden most likely to care about your fantasy football team. Uh, I mean, well, no one really does care about fantasy football team, but I think Alfred Morris seems to be a bit more sensitive type, so we'll, we'll go with him. Uh, Morris or McFadden most suited to a mugshot photo in prison. Uh, again, I'll probably go McFadden, probably usually because of the beard and his stone his stone face look. Um, I think that probably look well, quite well on a mugshot. Probably both of them will have a mugshot at some point, but. Anyway, uh, next one, uh, Morris or McFadden, first to squeal if being tortured. Um, I will probably go for Alfred Morris there because he looks like a, a nice, genuine, sensitive guy. So he'd probably be the first to squeal, probably, 
probably won't be able to touch you. He'd probably squeal before you even tortured him to rest. And a couple left. Most likely to buy an item of clothing and take it back. Morris or McFadden. Uh, again, I'll probably go Morris because McFadden just seems the kind to just blow loads of money. So he wouldn't take it back. He'd just go and buy a new one if it didn't fit or something like that. And the two biggest questions for Morris or McFadden. Most likely to get arrested. Well, it's the NFL, so probably both as likely as each other. Uh, if I had gun, guns in my head, probably McFadden, probably. And obviously the biggest question of all, Morris or McFadden, most likely to start for Dallas when Zeke gets suspended. I mean, who knows? Who actually knows the answer to this question? No one. Um, again, if I if I had to answer one of them, I would probably go for... I'd probably go Alfred Morris. I know start of the season, Darren McFadden was, was uh, the, the likelier... But I think I heard something from Rod Marinelli a week or two ago regarding Alfred Morris saying that you know he's deserved the backup role there to Zeke and he'd probably be the next man up. So, but again, anyway, your guess is as good as mine. But uh, I'd probably go Morris there. But they they probably probably be a timeshare to be quite honest. So. So that was our two minutes of Morris and McFadden. Uh, hopefully, maybe later on in the season, we'll have some more questions for to play that game. But I hope you enjoyed that, and that will wrap up our show. So join us on Saturday for the Week Seven preview. Obviously, we have your news. We'll have your two-minute drill as well. We'll see if we can find something a bit more fun. And you know, if you want to get in touch with us, full10yards at gmail.com is the mailbag and the email address. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter at full10yards, really appreciate any support, uh, retweets, shares, subscribes on Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. But that will do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Just uh, in the words of Kevin Cadle, bye bye for now. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com